thank God for the gift of this wonderful day that God had given unto us, that we may rejoice and be glad in it. Um, we, today we are going to look at Psalms chapter 20, chapter 19, Psalms chapter 19. Uh, we're going to read the whole verse, I mean the whole chapter, and then uh, uh, we'll be able to concentrate um, on verse 7, from verse 7 to verse 14, Psalms chapter 19, we're going to read the whole chapter, we will concentrate majorly from verse 7. Um, to verse 14. So we're going to read the word of God. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant one. In keeping them there is a great reward. Who can discern his errors, declare that me innocent from hidden faults, Keep bath your servant also from presumption, uh, presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's believe and pray. Heavenly Lord, we thank you so much for your word that is all sufficient. We thank you, Lord, that as we share in your word, may your Holy Spirit help us, Lord, to understand it. As the scripture says, Lord, that Jesus, you open the minds of the disciples and they may understand the scriptures. We want to attest, Lord, that without the Holy Spirit, 
but we are not able to understand your word, oh God, and even apply it. And so we pray today that you may minister to us in our low, lowly estate, Lord. We pray that you may remember us today in your word, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Psalms 19 is a psalm of David and um, it reveals the glory of God. But the one main theme that comes out of this whole chapter is how God reveals himself one in the universe and then B or two in his word. When we read Psalms 19, it talks about how nature reveals the glory of God. Then later, you will see how God reveals his glory through his word. And I want us to start looking uh, at verse 1, and I will title my preaching today as the sufficiency of the scriptures. The scriptures are sufficient. We will majorly dwell from uh, verse 7 um, to actually verse 12. Time allows us may go up to verse 14. But it's to be wonderful to know how the scriptures reveal the glory of God. It would be wonderful to know how the scriptures is sufficient for us as believers. Now, when we start from verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaim His handiwork. It is true, dear brethren, that when we look at the heavens, it declares the glory of God and the work of his creation. And I wonder why um, the psalmist decided to talk majorly of the heavens and not any other place. I think it's because it's so obvious that me as a creature, when looking, I mean, I cannot afford to, to miss looking at uh, the heavens. It declares the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims his handiwork. When we look at, sometimes when we meditate and you get out maybe in the evenings and you look at the heavens and you look at the work of God's creation, it reveals one thing. That our God is glorious, He is supreme, He is great. And that we are finite human beings, we are finite beings, we cannot match the glory of our Lord, God Almighty. Verse 3, verse 2 talks about, to verse 3 talks about day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not 
hard. So the nature, day, day after day, night after night, there's one thing. The nature, they don't like, I mean, they don't lack the speech to talk about the glory of God, to reveal God's glory. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Still doing what? Revealing the glory of them, of God. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. Have we ever thought about how the sun rises and how the sun sets? In nature or in the heavens, God has set the sun. He has set a tent for the sun. It comes out, it rises, and then it sets. If we cannot see the glory of God in this, and just imagine how that happens, and that should be able to tell us about the glory, how glorious our God Almighty is. And there is nothing that is hidden from the heat of the sun. Dear brethren, all this is sufficient. All, whatever comes out from verse 1 to verse 6 is sufficient to condemn those who don't believe. <coughs> because there are already signs that our God exist and we need to honor him and it goes contrary to what the atheists believe in that they don't believe that there is God but how can we fail to realize this the scripture whatever we have read here is sufficient they don't have any reason. Non-believers don't have any reason not to believe because it is all revealed by what happens day after day. At night we have the darkness. In the morning we have the light. That enough reveals. There is God everywhere. There is God in heaven. And now... Um, on to um, from verse 7 as you move uh, 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 with, uh, to the preceding verses or the verses that are following we are seeing how the glory of God is revealed in his word therefore we will see how sufficient this word is the holy scripture is and verse 7 says, That the law of the Lord is perfect. This means complete. And what does it do? It converts the soul. Or it revives the soul 
or it transforms the soul. Now there is something that I would want us to notice there. I just want us to look at this, um, those verses from verse 7. There is something that comes out. The law of the Lord. That's verse 7. It's perfect, reviving the soul. Let's go to verse 8. Or even verse 7b. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. What do we see? It is of the Lord. We are seeing the covenant name of God, Yahweh, here. It shows that whatever is being talked about here, it is the word of God. The Bible says that all scripture are God's bread and is useful for teaching, training, teaching, rebuking, training in all righteousness. In righteousness that a man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I've just um, summarized it. We are talking about the word of God and therefore it has different titles, but it is still the scriptures, the word of God. It has different titles. You can see verse 7, it is referred to as the law of the Lord. It is still God's breath, whatever comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Verse 8, the precepts of the Lord. It's like we are having um, a cube that is having six faces. You know? But it's, it is still talking about one thing, the word of God. The word of God. So we are privileged, dear brethren, today to learn from this all-sufficient word of God. So we can see the six titles for the scriptures then we can see the characteristics of the scriptures. And then we can see the benefits of the scriptures. An example is this. The law of the Lord. That's the title that is given to the word of God. The law. And then what is the characteristic? The law of the Lord is perfect. That is the, the characteristic. And then the benefit is it is reviving the soul. That's the benefit. So when we look at it that way, we'll be able to actually see what God is ministering to us here. So that verse 7 talks about the law of the Lord is perfect. That's the first one. What, I, what I've already said also, it also means complete. It is perfectly free from all corruption. Perfectly filled with all good and perfectly fitted for the end for which it is designed. And it will make the man of God perfect. That's what we have read in 2 Timothy 
chapter 3 verse 17 nothing is to be added to it nor taken from it the law of the Lord, the Torah it is complete it is perfect free of corruption and what does it do it converts it revives it transforms the soul so we can see that it is only the scriptures which is sufficient to transform the inner man which is the soul if someone tells you that there is any other thing that is able to transform a soul that's a lie it is only the word of god that is able to transform the inner man and if the inner person if the inner man that's the soul is transformed then the whole person is transformed the scriptures is sufficient to save the word of god is sufficient to save it is sufficient to transform do you need transformation in your life look to the word of god that is sufficient it's all sufficient The word of God, here we can also get that it reveals our sinfulness, our misery in our departures from God and the necessity to return to him. It is reviving the soul. It is converting the soul. Dear brethren, it is only the word of God that is able to save. It is not the person who is speaking the word of God that saves. No. It is not your convictions that saves you, that transforms you. No. And therefore we reveal, it reveals how important the word of God is. That you may preach it. It's the only word that is able to save and that is able to transform men. Uh, uh, statement number two, the testimony of the Lord is sure. So here we are seeing another title, the testimony of the Lord. The testimony here means that which witnesses God to us. It is sure. The surety here means it is reliable. It is dependable. It is what we may give credit to. And we are confident that this testimony is not going to deceive us. It is a sure foundation of living comforts and a sure foundation of lasting hopes. And what does it do? It makes us wise. It makes the simple mind wise. And it is wise to wise unto salvation. So the simplicity here means the readiness. The readiness to hear the word of God. When we are ready to hear the word of God, it will make us wise. 
wise for salvation, as I've already said, salvation of our souls for eternity. It is the word of God. We need wisdom. Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. So, the word of God is sufficient to make us wise. It has the authority to make us wise. But, uh, the third statement, the statutes or the precepts of the Lord are right. And what does it do? They rejoice their hearts. The statutes or the precepts of the Lord are right. That means it leads us to the right path. Your word, O oh Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God. The precepts of the Lord are right. <coughs> And they rejoice. They rejoice the heart. Just as they should be, and they will set us to the right path if we receive them and submit to them. The word of God. When we receive it and submit it to God, it guides us in the right path. What can give us true joy from the heart, dear brethren? It's the word of God. It's the precepts of the Lord. We don't get joy by whatever we possess, by the much gold that we have, by the much money that we have. We don't get true joy from accomplishing the tasks that we are supposed to accomplish daily. True joy comes from the Word of God that is able to rejoice our hearts. Dear saint, today, are you feeling downcast? Are you feeling so sad about something? Can you look to the word of God? Look to Jesus. Look to the Lord, God Almighty. He is the one that is able to give you the true source of joy. The scripture is sufficient to give us joy. Today, people are joyous. We, so many things make us happy. Maybe it could be your possession that makes you happy. But that is very, very short living. Let us look to the inherent word of God, the everlasting word of God to give us the true joy. Luke verse 11, verse, uh, chapter 11 verse 28 says happy are those who hear the word and obey it. I mean, by the Holy Spirit, by, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we can, we can try this. The Spirit is able to enable us to find true happiness in this. That the happiest, those people who are happy, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. But this joy that we have, what brings this joy? The hope that we have in Christ. It's a great joy. The hope we have in Him. 
the hope that one day we will be with the Lord forever and ever. It's the source of continuous joy. But also that Christ dwells in us. We have Christ in us. It's the source of a great joy. Christ is in us. The hope of glory is in our hearts. Number four talks about the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The divine decrees of the Lord, the authoritative word of God is pure. The meaning of pure here, it's clear. Without darkness, this word is clean without dross and defilement. And it is purifying those who embrace it. It's able to make us pure. And what does, how is this important? What is the benefit? It enlightens our eyes. It brings us to a sight and sense of our sin and misery and directs us in the way of the Lord, enlightening the eyes. We want our eyes to be enlightened, to do the will of God. Let us remember the commandment of the Lord, the divine decrees of the Lord. We Christians, are able to see so many things, the believers. We are able to see, we have the mind of God. We, yes, we have the mind of God. We are able to understand so many things, why so many things happen in this world. Because we have the scriptures with us that is enlightening our eyes. We are able to understand what the gospel can do. We are able to understand even the role of a family. We are able to understand the purposes of God unfolding in history because we have the scriptures. We are able to understand that when a person is born again, he will go through tribulations and tests and sufferings because why? It is recorded in the commandments of the Lord. It is in the Bible. It is in the word of God. So, the scriptures is sufficient to enlighten our eyes. Fifth one, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. When we talk about fear of the Lord, remember what the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and they don't want to be taught. The fear of the Lord means the worship of the Lord. The true religion and godliness prescribed in the word, reigning in the heart and practiced in life. It is clean. We're talking about the true religion, the fear of the Lord. So we have a manual for the way of worship. We have a manual for the way we need to conduct ourselves in terms of worship. 
Where is it? Where is the manual? The scriptures. The scriptures are all sufficient in providing for us a manual on how we should worship. This worship of the Lord, this fear of the Lord is, is clean. It is free from corruption. It is free from error. It is free from defilement. It is clean. And it endures forever. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Psalms 12 verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, a silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times, and the evidence is that it endures forever. On to the, 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 the last um, statement about the sufficiency of the scriptures. The verdict of the Lord. The verdict of the Lord. Or the judgment of the Lord. All his precepts, which are framed in infinite wisdom, are true. So the judgment of the Lord are true. And what does it do? All together righteous it's altogether righteous so whatever the word of god says is true whatever the word of god says about sin is true the word of god says christ will come back he will come back whatever the word of god the verdict the judgment of the lord say is true This complete divine of truth can produce comprehensive righteousness in an individual who believes altogether righteous. The scripture is sufficient to produce a righteous man, a complete man, a complete righteous person. Dear brethren, this word which we have is great. And from verse 10 and through to verse 11, I would want us to see how this can help us. How do we, how would we treat the word of God? How is it going to help us in our lives? The Bible says in verse 10, More to be desired are they than good, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. The word of God. They are more to be desired than gold, than much pure gold. The word of God. I mean, I pray that God may help me understand this. They are much to be desired. What do we do, dear brethren? The word of God is of great value. It's highly valued. It has a high price, dear brethren. 
It is greatly to be desired. It's a great treasure. It's of highest pleasure. The word of God. We need to treasure it. It is sweeter than the breathings from the honeycomb. The word of God. Jeremiah says said that when he ate the word, it was sweeter in his mouth. Was it? Like something like that. It is sweeter than honey. Than drippings from the honeycomb. Can you imagine? Word of God. I think gold is so far the most precious ornament. You know, metal. It's, it's not maybe a metal. It's so precious. Everyone would want to get gold today. But the Bible challenges us to highly value the word of God more than gold. Than mortifying gold. This is what, what we desire here on earth cannot be compared to how we need to desire the word of God. Number two. By them is thy servant warned. In keeping them, there is a great reward. So number two. We need to take heed of the warning that the scripture gives. The word of God is a word of warning to the children of men. It warns us of the duty we are to do, the dangers we are to avoid, and the deluge we are to prepare for. It warns the wicked not to go on sinning. It warns the righteous not to turn from his good way all that are indeed God's servants should take this warning. Let us heed to what the word of God says. The warning it gives. Let us preach this word. Let us warn the world, those people who have not believed about the impending danger. The judgment that is always with those who don't believe. Let us heed what the word of God says. In keeping this word, there is a great reward. One of the rewards that is mentioned here earlier is the joy. The joy. The joy unspeakable. That peace. The peace we have. It's already a reward. The blessings we have in Christ Jesus, all the peace, the joy, the happiness, those fruits of the Holy Spirit. In keeping them, in keeping the word of God, there is a great reward. Your word, O Lord, have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Dear brethren, we may not exhaust that, but my challenge today for us, we have heard that how scripture is all sufficient. 
but it, it is it's going to be of no importance if today we don't open our Bibles, if we, if we don't study the Word of God, it's of no importance that we have studied all this, that the scriptures are sufficient, the Word of God is sufficient. What if we don't read it? What if we don't study it? We have a great treasure here. What is before you is a great treasure. The precepts of the Lord. And I pray that God may help us. When you go to verse 12, verse 13, verse 14, the psalmist realizes and repents and prays to God. Let the words of my mouth, honor and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The words of my mouth and the meditation. Remember Joshua 1.8 This book of the Lord shall not depart from your heart, but you shall meditate upon it day and night. And may the Lord bless his word. Amen. Let's believe him. Our Lord and our God, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for the scriptures revealing your glory. For the scriptures revealing how great you are, Lord. And knowing that the scriptures is all sufficient. I pray, dear Lord, the commandment to give to your servant Joshua. Let this book of the law not depart from your mouth, but meditate upon it day and night. That you may be able to know, to discern what is good and what is evil. Dear Lord, help us. We are weak, Lord, but you are strong. Let your Holy Spirit help us to study your word. Oh, we pray for the discipline to engage in these scriptures. I pray, Lord, for those of us who have heard you, Lord, may this word dwell in our hearts, that we may not sin against you, dear Heavenly Father. We pray for those of us in our midst that may not be feeling well, Lord, we pray for your healing hand. May you be pleased to heal them, dear Heavenly Father. For our brethren today who did not attend the service, Lord, may you be with them. May you remember them wherever they are. Oh God. We thank you and we praise your name. For it is in Jesus' name that you pray and believe. Amen. Amen.